I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi, family all around the world. Welcome to this week's episode of Live Your Best Life with me, Liz Wright. And you are in for such a major treat today. You're going to be you're going to be having an experience. I know it. As I um, introduce my dear friend, my very special guest, who you all love, and we've had so much feedback from all of you, from all the nation, all around the nations, every time that we've had him on, of course, it's the amazing Justin Abraham. Justin, <laughs> well, that's a very nice introduction. Thank you, Liz. Oh, you're welcome. Very kind. It's it's the truth we have to share with you family we're both slightly whacked in the spirit at the moment because Justin's been sharing our international mentoring community this afternoon (laughs) and we're still in the overflow of the Holy Spirit because it was just the most powerful message so I actually invited Justin to come on and just share some of this beautiful powerful um, divine perspective that he's walking in at the moment that I know is going to just so empower you guys So, Justin, can we just, I just want to, if we can talk, <laughs> I just want to um, ask you, will you begin just to encourage everybody and to give you all permission, guys, to completely unravel from religion and just go hard after Jesus and with a full expectation that you can live in the glory, you created to live in the glory all the time, you know, just, could, yeah. Yeah, going from encounter to encounter to encounter. So, Justin, can I just ask you to share a little bit of what you were talking about earlier, which was like literally how every move, major move of the spirit, everything in the church history that you've looked at mm. has been birthed out of massive encounters that's transformed people's lives and then gone on to change the world, really. That's right. Yeah, it, it's just incredible. You can't separate. You can't separate the wine from Christianity. You know, Jesus started the new covenant with the wine. And I bet when he said to the disciples, I'm going to give you a new covenant, they were expecting more mitzvahs because every time there was a covenant, there was adding of rules and all these other things. And he said, this is my body, eat it. This is my wine, drink it. You know, and the first first miracle he did, the first sign, John said, which was a sign is pointing to something, was a wedding. And it was a wedding feast and it was it was wine, the best wine. He saved the best wine to last. And Jesus talked about wineskins and he was talking about himself. You know, churches are often looking for the new wineskin, but it wasn't about a new church model. It was about union. It was about union was this going to be there was going to be union to contain the wine that man and God were going to come into oneness. And he said, I've come that my joy might be in you. And your joy would be complete and overflowing. So that's why Jesus came. Jesus came and it says in Hebrews, he was anointed with more joy than all of his brothers. Uh, One translation says he was happier than all of his friends. So he had a frequency of joy on him all the time, and which is the fragrance of the Trinity. And he invited us into this covenant of wine. And then we see that with Pentecost, 
it starts with a wine explosion. Literally, they're filled with God. They're overwhelmed with love. They're overwhelmed with life. They spill out onto the streets because they're like, they don't know what to do with themselves. And Peter mm. just becomes an oracle. And that's what people don't understand. They see the wine and they think, oh, it's foolish. It's it's silly. It's, it's all this other stuff. But it produces boldness. It, it produces mm. life. It says strong drink is given to the perishing, it says in scripture. And the joy of the Lord is your strength and laughter is like medicine. And what you found is that every move of the spirit, and you and I've looked through so many, whether it's the Desert Fathers in the early centuries or the Jansenites, the Huguenots, the Celtic saints, and maybe people don't know the names of these, but even modern movements like Mariah Odetta, um, Brownsville, Toronto, all of these moves, even the Welsh revival was birthed out of ecstasies. And um, I said in the last session, that even we've got some of the early songs of the church, the Ode of Solomon, and they talk about the wine. And then you've got the Jesus movement. Jesus movement. They, they, we've even got the songs they sang and the words they preached. They were saying things like, if you're looking for the greatest high, there's no high like the most high. And he'll deliver you from drugs. He'll set you clean. And they had ecstasies and raptures. I mean, I remember staying with a vicar in one of the, the cities of, of England, and we were doing an event at an Anglican church. And he told me that he, in the 1960s, he remembers home groups where everyone was in ecstasies. I mean, the whole room, people were caught up in the spirit. And this has been like the history of the church. Catherine mm -hmm. of Siena, the doctor of the church, she had ecstasies from the age of seven. Teresa of Avila, who wrote one of the best books on mysticism that have ever been written. She's considered a, a, a scientist of mysticism. She would be caught up into raptures and ecstasies and even float off the ground, documented cases. But all of these people had wisdom. And, you know, it says of, of wisdom, she prepares the table. She built it with seven pillars. See, it's wisdom's wine. And what you find is a lot of these ecstatics, like the Desert Fathers, Antony of Egypt, all of them Government was on them. It's a governmental wine. So the ecstasy isn't foolish. And, you know, we're, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're sharing on it now because the father's heart is that there's a company that begin to feast on the fatness of his house and what he has done, that we become fat and flourishing, full of sap, and that the world starts to see the joy. It starts to see the oneness. It starts to see the union. And, you know, like Delirious sang many years ago in Britain, they said, let the streets re resound with singing. You know, songs that bring you joy, dancers that dance on, on injustice. And this is David's full intent. You know, it even says in um, Acts, when God was breaking out amongst the Gentiles and the spirit was being poured out and the party was exploding, they said, this is David's full intent. David's full intent was just I think it was 4,000 musicians seeing the glory, worshiping God for 30 years in open, that openness, that flow. That is what we're meant to be. And the Lord wants to reawaken us that this is the, this is the ancient path. You know, mm. Enoch, from the very beginning where Enoch walked with God, mm. arm in arm with God, it literally means union, that he didn't want a single moment without God. And then you look at the modern revivalists, like I love Evan Roberts from Wales. Yeah, he was yeah. caught up for three months, three months. He was caught up every night in ecstasies yeah. in the presence of God. And it happened for three hours. You'd have a break and then three hours again. And then it birthed a transformation of the nation. Then you look at John and Carol Arnott with yeah. the Toronto move. They soaked for months in the presence of the Lord. They would take afternoons off. And then when it broke out, 
Carol went into an ecstasy where she was swinging a sword. And I heard John Arnott share on this and he almost shut her down. But they had a massive outbreak that changed the world. And the Lord spoke to John and said, if you'd shut down Carol in her ecstasy, you would have shut down the whole move. It's the same with Azusa Street with Frank Bartleman and William J. Seymour. It's the same in uh, Pensacola where three million people turned to the Lord. Um, the pastors there, Lyndall Cooley, I heard him share this in a meeting. He said they were drunk. They were inebriated in ecstasies for months and they would be taken from the meetings and put in bed fully clothed. And, you know, so, yeah, this is like this is our inheritance. This is what 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 the world's looking for. The world's looking for ecstasy. The world's looking for for the high. They're looking for joy because. And this is what the catechism states, isn't it? It says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Now, John Piper, who's a brilliant theologian, says we should change it to this. Uh, the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. And mm, what he said is, yeah. is that the thing we enjoy most is the thing we will glorify the most. So, you know, when people really enjoy football, they're into it or music, you'll rave about it. You'll shout, you'll cheer about your band because you're enjoying it. That's what God wants us to come back to is that, you know, listen to, to this verse. It says, you know, in the presence of the Lord is total celebration, total celebration, fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore endless pleasures and eternal delights. Well, we're the son of his right hand. You know, we're Benjamin. Benjamin means son of the right hand. It was the last son of, uh, you know, Jacob. It's the one who sits in Christ is the son of pleasure, is the son of joy. And even when we look at even the very first scriptures, Adam was planted into Eden. Eden literally means pleasure. So we were planted into the garden of pleasure. And what was our role from the beginning? Our job at the very beginning, he said to Adam, extend Eden, extend pleasure, replenish the earth through joy, replenish it through life. And, you know, I'll just end with this. Even the Bible itself ends in a rapture where John is in Revelation 1 verse 10, I think it is. He said, I was wrapped in spirit. I was enraptured in spirit and I was caught up. So one translation says, and Paul's letters are the same. He says, I was hijacked into paradise. I was besides myself with joy. So, you know, we've got to start to get back to that sweetness again. You know, it's the sweetness of the Lord. It's the kindness of the Lord that opens up all these realms and that we're in him. He's in us. And it's so simple, Liz. And I know you're an ecstatic and I am. It's not complicated. Nice. It's Christ in you and you in Christ. And you enjoy this sweetness. Mm. And you enter into this sweetness. And oh, you just entangle into it. You know, so those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. That word yeah. uh, wait is kavar. And it literally means two ropes entangling so much that they're one rope. So it means those who become one in the Lord and enfold will renew your strength. You'll rise up on wings like eagles. So you'll have an updraft. You will run and no, not grow weary. So there's energy on it. There's ascension on it. There's glory on it. And that's what the Lord's wooing us back to. He wants a bridal company that live in union. They're not engaged to him. Yeah. We've had an engagement culture where it's like when you're engaged to someone, you might have the ring, but you leave the house you sleep in another bed, you have your own name, you have your own finances, and then every so often you engage one another, right? 
But really, that's not what Paul said the gospel is. He says it's Christ and the church is like a marriage. In a marriage, you take on his name. You sleep in the same bed. He provides for you. You feast at the same table and all is well. And all of his house is your house. All of his resources are your resources. And that's the gospel, is that we've entered into this mystical union with, with Yeshua and the Trinity and all is well. And it's a beautiful world we're in, but we've got to explore that world. That's the new country that we're in. It's the heavenly realm and it's in us. It's already in us. And there's a company of people who are going to feast at his table. It says, you know, he fills my cup until it overflows. He prepares the table. He makes me lie down. He restores my soul. So in, in Psalm 23, we see he's constantly giving to us. And what he's looking for is who will receive it. You know, Jesus said about receiving a kingdom and receiving the wine. He fills your cup, but he won't make you drink it. That's a choice. Right. Oh, my goodness. So you guys have just heard the true gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was just so powerful and so anointed, Justin. It's the truth, isn't it? I think that's what Jesus is doing. He's opening our eyes I think more than ever to see the the whole of the Bible afresh, like you, we wouldn't have the Bible <laughs> if all of the people in it hadn't had encounters with Jesus. The whole of the Bible, right, of course, is a record, a supernatural record of, yeah. of God's intervention, relationships with different people, yeah. Elijah and Moses and, and Joshua and on and on and on and, and Peter and Paul and <laughs> of course Jesus and on and on. When you look, and like you just gave us that a brilliant, you know, potted history of revival, you know, how the moves of God have come right, the I mean, and changed everything. Yeah, it's just yeah. glorious. Okay, I've got to ask you something, Justin. Okay, so you are a wild mystic like I am. You know, we love yeah. the realm of glory. We love Jesus. We love the supernatural. And first and foremost, living, pursuing him, knowing him. That's right. And living from that place of entanglement and oneness. So I got to ask to enter into all of this, to enter into the fullness of everything that Jesus has provided for us as kingdom life, right? So can I ask you, Justin, um, how do you go there? Can you give us some keys? Because I yeah. know you live in ecstatic states and in bliss and love and you live from you. Yeah. You encounter Jesus every day. So would you give us some keys? Because everybody's desperate. Sure. Well, this is the cool thing. This has already been written about for over 500 years, you know, going back to Teresa of Avila and others. They've already mm -hmm. documented how to engage this realm. Brother Lawrence and, you know, Catherine of Siena, Teresa of Avila. We've got a vast history of people, St. John of the Cross, who've already written about this. So basically the protocol or the method of prayer, they call it a simple method of prayer, the prayer of simplicity or the prayer of silence and love. How do you enter into that? This is the amazing thing, Liz. God's made us to naturally enter into it. So this first stage is called recollection or centering. That's where you do something that triggers the joy in you. So, you know, for Francis of Assisi, he loved animals and gardening. That would trigger him into the joy and sweetness. Bernard would love, St. Bernard would love the forests. Um, Joseph of Cupertino would love artwork. Catherine of Siena would love communion. Um, some would love songs and dance and song. You know, speaking in tongues for Pentecostals is finding that thing that brings you into this state 
of the presence of God. The presence is already there, but we're all, we're so busy. So we're the prodigal son. We think the prodigal son's about some person that's turned away from God. It's not, it's about your mind being, it could be that, but it more means like you're so over here, you've missed the father's embrace. So stage one of it is finding that sweet embrace. Now for me, I've practiced it so much, I could just get into it very simply. I say to the Lord, I'm in you. You're in me. We are one. Beautiful. And you're in. And just in that very simple, those, this is why it's called the prayer of simplicity. Now, Jean Goyon wrote extensively on this. And she said, find something that triggers you. It might be reading the word. Like, Liz, have you ever read the word? And one line just goes, wow. Yeah. You stop, she said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said, like a honeybee, get on that flower and just eat it. Now, your book does that, the book you wrote, your latest book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You had lots of experiences reading that. Yeah, you said that to me. (laughs) Me too, when I was rewriting it. (laughs) It's finding a book like that that triggers you in. Yeah. And you're reading it and it triggers you. It triggers you in. The whole world's designed to trigger you in. Um, Food could trigger you in. Yeah. So an example is scripture. you, doesn't it? Yeah, Sorry, because yeah, pathway yeah. pleasure is it's it's taste and see that the Lord is good. The kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance or thinking differently. So, have you ever had a meal and you've just gone, mm. mm-hmm. it's like chocolate mousse, right, or chocolate cheesecake, or in your case, <laughs> pumpkin pie? <laughs> yeah, pumpkin pie, yeah. Pumpkin pie is so anointed for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The world's crowded with God. If you can see, He's the all in all, and that in that pumpkin pie, you just eat that, and you are literally <laughs> feasting on Yeshua, and you can go into the realms of joy. I mean. Brother Lawrence, right? He wrote one of the most famous books called Practice in the Presence of God. He Mm -hmm. writes what triggered him in, how he got it. He looked at a tree and he pondered how the leaves were going to grow back and and it changes through the seasons. And he went into an ecstasy and he gave his whole life to God. The Franciscans used to say this, Francis of Assisi, they'd all have ecstasies, nature ecstasies. They said, even a caterpillar, there's so much revelation of the glory of God in a caterpillar that you could write reams of messages from just looking at a caterpillar. So the old theology of the church. Yeah. Yeah. The old theology of the church was called perichoresis, which means peri is circular dance. They believe we're in a dance with the Trinity. He's Mm. the all in all. The heavens can display his glory. I mean, if you look at stars, you can, you, they, it says day after day, they pour forth speech. So we can tune into the frequency of how glorious the cosmos is and get intoxicated. Some people love animals and the oceans. It's finding those things that bring you into that sweetness or developing your own method of entering into that sweetness where you come into what's called the prayer of affection or the prayer of silence, where you're not now praying or asking, mm. you're feasting and you're just... Yeah, enjoying and time is just rich. You enter into rich time. It's not that you're, you're bored. You're not bored. You're you've tasted something, mm. and it's so good. And you just eat it and enjoy it. And maybe it'll be for two minutes or ten mm. minutes. You might be washing the dishes. Brother Lawrence used to do it when he was washing the pots and pans. And Teresa Ravavala did as well. She said, "God is amongst the pots and pans." Yeah. You know when you touch the bubbles. And you're touching that hot water. That's enough to trigger you into this realm, 
if you let it. God's designed creation to partner with you into union and love. It's all about love. You know what? John G. Lake used to put on his clothes and feel it and go into it. He would look in the mirror, he'd put his suit on, and he would go, God lives in this suit. And that was enough to trigger him into the lightnings of God and moving in the spirit of God. Is is when you see that you're in the embrace, that separation is an illusion. There's yeah. no separation. We're in him. He's in us. He's the all in all. You know, Patrick had this, St. Patrick of Ireland. He, he transformed Ireland, got rid of the snakes, saved the pagans, transformed the kings. But he used to say this, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ above me, Christ below me, Christ in the eyes of those who look at me, Christ in those who speak of me. He saw Christ as being the, the, the spirit that had invaded everything, which is what Paul said. He said Jesus was taken above all the heavens so he could fill everything and be everywhere. Now Jesus is in everything and everywhere. And when you see that, it's like where, like the psalmist said, where can I go from your presence? He's That's everywhere. So the key now is enjoying it. Yeah, Enjoy it. Yes. Because yes. That's what Jesus came for was he wants you to enjoy his presence. And what yes. I think you've learned and I've learned, Liz, we've learned to accept the truth that he loves us and yes. enter into that interior sweetness yes. and enjoy yes. it and taste it. Yeah. savor it and yeah. anyone listening today can put yeah. this into practice it, yeah. it's there for you yeah it's so powerful what you've said justin he is the all in all isn't he and he, i know i remember people i remember speaking at a conference a couple of years back and people were asking similar questions to the ones i'm asking you right now it's like you know how do i access the presence of God. And I remember talking about, you know, that some of the disciplines and I have disciplines, you know what I mean? They're just the ways no, of okay. my life yeah. with Jesus. You know what I mean? And I remember saying, you know, I literally will go for walks, God walks, yeah. and I will start looking at the trees conscious of the fact that Jesus is inside of me, conscious of the fact mm. that he's the creator of everything, conscious mm. that he upholds all things by the word of his power. And I will spend hours, like if I'm wandering around and I've got time with the Lord, I will spend hours literally looking at like rabbits, you know, and horses yeah. and the cuteness of a bunny's nose, and, <laughs> you know, and dogs and the, the design of them. And like you said, when you really sit there with the Lord and you look and you're conscious mm. of his creation, there's so much revelation that comes to us through everything in his creation. Yeah. There's so much in him, in nature, in flowers, just there's so much revelation that each, mm -hmm. everything in creation carries, right? And That's I right. do the same, I walk, I, and so for me, it's about centering in him. It's about being God, God conscious. Mm -hmm. I go for walks with him, so mindful that he's inside of me. And then I start yeah. to just in, resensitize, like you said, the, 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 the sensation of separation is a deception. It's a delusion. Mm -hmm. And we begin to turn the affection and the attention of our heart in, right, to yeah. this truth. And we resensitize to the truth that he is in us, that he is creator, that he <laughs> is speaking to us through everything. And we we find ourselves back in that divine entanglement that we That's live right. in, right? And we are one when we and we live from the oneness. That's right. It's so powerful what you share. That's right. I mean, like even it's things simple. that you think, you know, one of the mistakes we make in the West is we separate, we're dualistic. So we separate. Yeah 
separate things from we have the sacred and the non-sacred, you know, we mm. have the but that's not the ancient tradition. The ancient Christian tradition is that Jesus has pervaded everything and he's everywhere. Mm. So mm. one of the things I've sometimes found with the Lord is like when I go shopping, I like shopping. I like my shirts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I get tremendous joy from going shopping with Jesus. And yeah. Jesus was the yeah. one who first started taking me shopping. Uh, I remember I was praying one morning and there wasn't a lot of glory on it or presence. And I was thinking, what's wrong here? And Jesus said, let's go shopping. I want to buy your shirt. <laughs> So we went shopping and I just was enveloped in his love and, you know, and I enjoyed it. And I found that he enjoys what you enjoy. If it's gardening, he'll do it with you. Dancing, yeah. art. I do art. I, you know, one time instead of praying, I did art, but it was just as glorious mm. as, as it, because the, the aim of prayer mm. is to come into oneness. Mm-hmm. And that you're so perfectly entangled in oneness. And then the presence itself changes reality. Your desire changes reality. And you, you, you enter into the flow, the flow of joy in life. And this is the gospel, is that we're included. And we have to get that message out there because that's what's going to change the world. How do we know that? John 17, Jesus already said it. it wasn't the miracles that was going to change the world. It wasn't how good the meetings were. It wasn't our theology. It said that when they see the oneness that I'm in you, you're in me, we're in the Father, they're in each other. Jesus said, my prayer is that they might enter into the exact union that I have with you, Father, and then the whole world will know. So this is why I think you're bringing this message, and I am, because on the timeline, on the heart of God and in the consciousness of the culture, oneness is the language of the future. Union mm. is the language of the future, that we are one new man. That's the gospel. Mm. And it says in you know Psalm 22, verse 27, all the nations will turn and remember. There's something going to trigger in them. The knowledge of the glory will cover the earth and it's going to trigger them to remember who they are, who they belong to, whose breath is in their lungs, and they're going to mm. see it. And that's the awakening we're looking for. It's a global shift into this sweet dance with the Trinity, which is beautiful and free. And it's going to look so different, so different to what we've seen before. I agree. I agree. I mean, honestly, everything you're saying, Justin, I mean, I agree. It's like the scripture as well, isn't it? Every eye will see and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess (laughs) that Jesus is Lord, you know. That yeah. the, the spirit of the Lord will cover, you know, the knowledge of the glory of the yeah. Lord. And he'll pour out his spirit on all, all flesh. On all flesh, yeah. yeah. And we are, everybody's going to awaken. And the world will look upon us and see that we belong yeah. to him because of yeah. the love. They'll see Jesus, the agape, supernatural person of love present within us, shining from our lives. You know, rise yeah. and shine. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord is upon you. Deep darkness might be covering the earth, but the glory, the light of Jesus yes. will shine upon you and be hope to the nations and the lord will draw all men unto himself and we'll always remember it's just beautiful what you're saying yeah that is the ancient tradition you know jesus was called god's embrace of the world jesus is the evidence that god is for us that he's included us one all died in adam all died in christ and were raised into this trinitarian love affair and that the relationship that jesus has with with papa is now our relationship with papa even when they said master teach us to pray he starts with our papa 
our daddy. And he's saying, you're included. My relationship with the father is not exclusive anymore. You're in it. Come back into the dance. Yeah. Yeah, You're in it. So he says, our father. And he's saying immediately that the entire human race has got this right to come to him as Papa and this inclusion and the spirit come in, sealing salvation and this mystical dance, the perichoresis, is the dance of the ages. It's why we see the maths of the whole universe is a dance. You see it in galaxies, this mathematical curve. You see it in shells. You see it in flowers. You see it in mm-hmm. cellular structures, that everything's moving. Everything's in this sweet dance. And if we can see it, suddenly Christianity mm-hmm. becomes not a thing, a religion. It's a state of being it's a state of oneness Mm. it's a state of joy where who knows what tomorrow will bring yeah and i tell you what it does produce as well is gratitude you're just like wow you know i get i get grateful yeah i i I have gratitude attacks i do (laughs) (laughs) do. i literally have gratitude attacks where i'm so thankful like i'll sometimes eat something or have a coffee or look at my shirt or be with my wife and kids when i look at ollie coming he's our son he's nine Mm. when he comes in my room in the morning with his hair messy but his smiling face Mm. i just feel god's glory I feel the love, I feel his presence. It's like, this is the thing of beauty. This is the thing of perfection. This cute little face is looking at me. And that's what the ancient saints knew. They knew that Mm -hmm. love wins. They saw it. Now our choice is to enjoy that love. Will we enjoy the love that he has for us? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing, isn't it? And I love like when I was looking at some of the Greek, the original Greek language, the word repent you know, translated into the English word repent actually means remember. Yeah. Remember, he's awakening our hearts now to yeah. remember who we really are and to be able to live God conscious all the time. Right. From yeah. the from the being partakers of the divine nature, being conscious conscious god conscious all the time aligned under the influence of the mind of christ under the impact the influence of the emotions Mm. of god's heart for each Mm. one of us all the time this is our life isn't it and then in yeah and to live from glory to glory to glory in these extremely (laughs) extraordinary states of bliss and love and to, yeah, as our internal reality changes, so the external world will change. That's right? it, Liz. And all we've talked Brilliant. about in this session is just how you center, but this realms yeah. is a vast ocean. There is yeah. an ocean of wonder, of awe, yeah. of incredible yeah. delights that he wants to call cause us into. He is the desire yeah. of the nations. He is yeah. the delight yeah. of the nations. And in him are unsearchable riches, even for now and the age to come. And he's looking for people like Enoch that jump right in. Yeah. The heart of Enoch and the heart of John the Beloved. I think yeah. they are real markers for our generation. Yeah. Even, yeah. you know, it, it, at the beginning, you've got Enoch walk with God. At the end, you've got John doing exactly the same thing, wrapped yeah. in spirit, walking, leaning on the chest, the beloved of the Lord. And these are the people then that get the expanse, the apocalypse, and Apocalypse just means the unveiling of the reality of Yeshua. That's literally what it means. In the footnote, you'll see that apocalypse is just uncovering and you go, wow, it's Jesus. And that's what happens. That's the fruit of it. Yeah. Oh, just in finishing, Justin, I agree with you. I think 
that's the time we're in. It's the great unveiling of Jesus Christ in the midst mm. of his body, in the mm. midst of his sh showcasing himself and, <laughs> and the new creation reality called yeah. us, right? As an extension of his being, as oracles, the word you used earlier, being oracles of his heart, those that mm. know his heart, live in his heart, and can express his heart in our nature, in our voice. You know, it's just, mm. yeah, ah, mm. and create a different world. The future's bright, hey, Justin. Uh, yeah, and it is. It's so much fun. It's yeah. so much fun. You know, one of the, the little things, I know we're ending now, but one of the, the agreements I've got with the Lord is just keep keep making it fun, you know, keep yeah. the, the joy, even in the, the, the contradictions, even in the oppositions and when things go wrong, there's an energy in the spirit. You know, Paul went through incredible afflictions, but he said, I'm in, I'm overjoyed. I am, I rejoice in my afflictions, you know, mm -hmm. because he, he was in this dance and he could see it and, and participating mm -hmm. in it. And if we could just tap back into that, man, we're going to see the whole world awaken. We really yeah. are. This is, yeah. this is the high calling. This yeah. is the gospel. It is. It's the supernatural gospel coming back online mainstream. Hey, it is. I mean, it's the truth. What you said, Paul discovered the truth that his weaknesses were the portal through which God's power <laughs> was displayed and God truly became the strength of his life. And that's that's the promise for all of us. That's the supernatural way of life we can all live now. But, oh, Justin, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. I'm going to have to stop now. But oh, thank you so much for sharing the treasure that you have. That's it's good. always amazing talking with you. It's good. I love these topics. These are really important. Yeah. So thank you for having me back again to talk with you. I, I always enjoy it. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. And definitely we'll have to do it again. And thank you all. We just pray that you have the most amazing week. You know, even in the simple things of your life, enjoying the dog, enjoying the kids, enjoying the trees, <laughs> going for walks, that you'll, you'll encounter God. You know, you'll have ecstatic states experiencing his yeah. love and, and being blown away by the wisdom, you know, just the wisdom that you can see in the design of a tree or a leaf, like you were saying, the fact, mm -hmm. the seasons and so on, on and on and on, you know, and just yeah. and pumpkin pie <laughs> the joy in the little things but when you live god conscious in the middle of your life like this and you do you grow in gratitude you grow in in the experience of his love and his presence with you all the time and you live under the influence of of divine the mind of god the divine and it's a, it's like it changes your life so yeah, yeah i pray that you have the most amazing week just like this and look forward to being with you again next week and um, um, yes, well, there's going to be an announcement next week. So I will uh, look forward to letting you know about that then. So God bless. Have an amazing week. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.